In the name of God who creates, redeems, and sanctifies. Amen. Please sit. Good morning. I missed you. Would you be happy if I told you I was so excited about coming back that I forgot to write a sermon? (laughs) Sorry, it hasn't been that long. But this is a lovely day for me to come back and to rejoin you on this journey of faith. I missed you and I missed what we share here together, what we share in this space, what we share at this table, in our life together as a community. And it will take me some time over the next couple of weeks to come back and to catch up with all of the things that you did while I was gone. And I'm looking forward to learning about that. I wanna say that I am deeply grateful to Linda, and I'm sure that you are too, for her good work in my absence, for her presence and her guidance and for her love of you and this place. Twice now I have been able to leave this community in her very good and faithful hands. And please understand for me that is no small thing. That requires a tremendous amount of love and trust and respect. And so I am very grateful to her. And I'm glad that you all had a wonderful celebration with her last week. I know that she really enjoyed being with you and that she will miss you very much. And I'm sure she told you that. Thank you for taking such good care of her and for letting her take such good care of you. I am sure that you benefited from her wisdom and her voice and her perspective, and it is always so good to hear a different voice and to have a different companion. And so as much as it's hard for me to be away, I'm glad that you had that experience. I wanna say too that I'm grateful to our wardens for their tireless work always, and especially in the season while I was gone, to our vestry and all of our lay leaders that kept the trains running on time and held you all together and planned joyful things, thank you. And I wanna thank you all for being here in your various roles and various pews. If you're worshiping with us from home, either in real time or later, thank you for coming to church, for being open and willing, for seeking Jesus in this space here with us, and for being part of God's work and part of what God is calling us to do. Thank you. I wanna say too that I am really grateful for the time that I was able to spend with my family over these last couple of months. It was sacred time, of course, with our son who made his entrance into the world. But it was also really sacred time with my daughter who just turned two a couple of days ago and is such a piece of work right now. She is such a force. She's so much fun and she's so aware and she's so determined. And so to be with both of them and to have that time as a family was really a gift. And if I talk too much about them, I'm going to cry, so I'm going to move on. Um, But many of you have asked me already, even this morning, if I'm getting any sleep, so I'll answer that. Um, The answer is sort of. Luke is already sleeping more than Lane, which is not how that should be, in case you're wondering. She was up at 4.45 this morning, and he slept until 5.30, which makes no sense at all. So the answer to the question is sort of. There is some sleep happening in my life, but it's not still probably quite enough. However, over the last couple of weeks, of course, my mind has started to prepare to come back here and be with you. And the last time I saw you, I stood in this place at the annual meeting in February, and we had a good meeting and a good conversation, and we shared with you some 
sort of hard signs and numbers and reflections on the present and some hopes for the future. And I think actually the text that we got today, and I am gonna come to that, of course, if you know me, you know that I am gonna come to that. Um, the texts that we have today are actually really helpful, and they're full of hope, and they're full of promise. And so as I was thinking about coming back today, and as I was starting to talk with the wardens a little bit about their feelings about the place and, and what has happened since I've been gone, one of the things continue, that continued to come up is this feeling of, of change, this sense of the fact that the world around us has changed, that we have changed, and we know that already on some level, right? I think some of us are probably tired of hearing about it, right? The pandemic certainly changed a lot of things. The political climate that is so divisive, the mental health crisis that our kids are experiencing, the continued racial tensions, the, all the ways that the world around us is fearful and hurting. And there have been big and little changes in our lives too, right? It's not just my life that has changed in the last couple of months, yours will have changed too, in big and little ways every day. And it's true that our life together has shifted quite a bit, certainly in the last 10 to 15 years in this sort of larger arc, but also in the last five since I've been with you. And despite the fact that some of this change is born of pain and sadness, this is ultimately really good news. We are resurrection people. We are hope people. We believe in change. We believe that God is constantly doing a new thing. And so I have tremendous hope for us and for the road that is ahead of us. I believe it's a joyful one and a full one with new opportunities and new people to know and new things to do together. We need to claim it and talk about it and explore it. And I see such hope for us in this future. In the epistle, the Apostle Peter gives us a little bit of a job description that I think will help. It's a little bit of a roadmap, some direction for us as individuals and as a community. And he starts with it, I think, in a really important spot. He says, do not fear what they fear and do not be intimidated. In your hearts, sanctify Christ as Lord Always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you an accounting of the hope that is in you. We're going to come back to that. You might be thinking no one has demanded you give them an accounting of your hope recently, but just hang on to that. We're coming back. Do it with gentleness and reverence. Keep your conscience clear. If you're going to suffer, you may as well suffer for doing the right thing instead of the wrong thing. Makes sense. I don't know about you, but when I look around the world and, and around the church in some ways, I see so many people that are afraid. I see so much conflict and so much frustration. And what Peter says to us this morning is do not be afraid. And it's easy to not listen to that, I think. It's easy to say, yeah, okay, Peter, that, that was cool. That's nice for you. But I have real problems here. But what Peter is saying is not some foolish throwaway, do not be afraid. He's not just casting that off. This is not a bury your head in the sand and pretend it's not there kind of do not be afraid. This is not a stay in bed and pull the covers up over your head and do not be afraid. This is a look the world in the eye and do not be afraid. 
This is the real thing. We don't need to be afraid because we know the truth. We know the good news. We know that while everything else changes, there is one thing that won't. In the gospel today, Jesus says, I am coming to you. I am coming to you. He promises, I will not leave you orphaned. Because as Paul says, our God is not a distant, unknown God, not a statue made of gold or silver. Our God is close to us, as near to you right now as the breath in your body and the next one that you're about to take. And this God who is so close to us and loves us promises never to leave us. This God takes on flesh and blood in Jesus in order to know us and be close to us and show us the way of love. This God sends us the advocate, the Holy Spirit, to be with us forever so that we are never alone, not ever, not even for a minute. And that never being alone comes with the promise of revelation. If you live in that knowledge, if you seek out God, if you seek to live within God's commandments, then you come to see and know more and more the truth and the goodness of God, because God will show it to you. Until finally our eyes open in that kingdom where the sun never sets, because the sun, the light, is the presence of the Lord. That place where there is no pain, no sadness, no challenge, no conflict, no divisiveness, no hate or death, nothing at all to fear, only life and life abundant. This is the good news that never changes for us. Everything else in the world around us might change. We change. The people we love change. But the good news is that you are loved so well by this God who is close to you, and that can never change, no matter what you do, no matter where you go, no matter what changes. And the good news about this place is that we have always, you have always experienced that together. And if we continue to sanctify Christ in our hearts, meaning if we continue to lift Christ up as the priority, if we continue to make Christ the center of our lives and the center of our community, then there are good promises in store for us. If we gather in this place for worship, to hear the word, to participate in the sacraments, if we let him lead us down the road on the way of love. Always be ready to give your defense doesn't that sound, it just, has, it just has this sort of umph behind it. Always be ready to give your defenses. If you're walking along and someone's going to stop you and say, hey, can you defend why you believe in this? Can you defend your hope? And the Greek is literal there. It is the word defense. It's actually the word apologia, which sounds like apology, but it's, but it's not. In the Greek, it's referring to a, a tradition of writers in the early church and, and, and sort of in the Greek world at the time called the apologists. And what they did actually was make a defense. They would build an argument, essentially, for whatever it is that they were trying to convince someone of. So we have apologists in the early church, and what they were doing was not apologizing for the church, and I know that's how it sounds, but what they were doing actually was making an argument for why people should believe, for what people should see in Christ. They argued against some of the sort of interesting heretical things that were happening in the early church, and they put forward the Christian faith as a hopeful choice, as a hopeful option, as something that would lead people to peace and love. So you can think about it as giving your witness. You can think about it, if you want, as an elevator speech. However it is you frame it, 
The point is that you should always be ready to share the hope that is in you, the hope of Christ, the joy of our life together here at St. Matt, the reasons why you believe. I believe that we have a new start now. Not that the past didn't happen, not that these last five years weren't wonderful, but we live in a world that is profoundly changed and we are profoundly changed. And for us to continue to offer hope and to serve our neighbors and to welcome others into the joy that we share, we need to learn how to live in a different way. And I think that is a hopeful thing. It's an invitation to say yes to God's revelation, to learn more about what God has in mind, to take those next couple of steps down the road together. Let's tell the story. Let's share our witness and invite everyone around us to know the joy, the truth of Christ, and to not be afraid. That's it today. That's the sermon. I did write one, see? I am grateful for you, and I am hopeful for us. We have work to do. We have good work and joyful work to do. And I really believe that no one can do it better than us. This is a special place. It's a place of joy and laughter and connection, a place with real relationships, a place where we work very hard to make other people welcome, not just the first time they walk through the door, but every time they walk through the door. This is a special place and we have a special call. And I am excited about spending the next season figuring out what that means together. So let's tell the story. Let's do the work. Let's offer this joy and hope to the broken world around us. We'll begin by sharing the meal that binds us up, both as individuals and as a people, and then let's go. Let's go. Amen. <laughs>